Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Okay, so we have... Winter Storm Izzy making the rounds uh, throughout the United States, uh, throughout most of the uh, Northeast and Southeast U.S. And I was thinking, man, I know that they've had record snowfall. I saw where 10 inches in Asheville, North Carolina, which has been a record since 1891. (laughs) Seems like a long time to hold the record. But I know there's stories of power outages and people are struggling. The airlines have um, 2,700 flights, over 2,700 flights canceled over the weekend. And I'm sure more today if hopefully people are able to, you know, get out if you've been stuck. And that got me thinking, man, would that stink being stuck at an airport? I, I mean, we've talked about it a couple of times before, but wow, that would not be fun to be stuck at an airport, especially during winter storm Izzy. I don't know that you're getting a hotel room during that time, or if there's power at the hotel, or would you rather be, I mean, if you've got power at the airport, let's go ahead. seems like this would be the best place to be. And then I see a story where travelers on Norwegian cruise line ship in the Caribbean. Yeah. They left from New York for a 10 day trip. Uh, on Sunday, and then uh, you know what? We're not. Just, we're gonna stop. The voyage just canceled four days later. Wait, what? Yeah, we're just not gonna do it. <laughs> what happened? Well, you know, we started off from New York, and we thought we were gonna hit some of the some of the Caribbean islands, and then you know what? Yeah, with the COVID nineteen issues, and we're just gonna stop. We're just not gonna do it anymore. Oh. So what's going to happen? Well, we're just going to float out here for a little while and figure out what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. The president, I'm sorry, senior vice president of branding and communication for Norwegian Cruise Line. Hey, uh, we don't know uh, when the cruise is going to return to New York. It's going to be shortly, though. So don't worry about it, okay? (laughs) I mean... We continue to navigate the fluid public health environment while focusing on delivering a safe experience for all on board. We made the difficult decision to cancel the Norwegian Gems' current Caribbean sailing uh, due to the related circumstances to COVID. But eh, look, you're going to get a refund, so zip it, okay? Just stay in your room and shut up. (laughs) <laughs> and now bad weather is pushing out across the the east of the U.S. out into the Atlantic. That can't be good. So good luck, God bless. Maybe that would be worse to be stuck on a cruise ship like that. Oof. You, but then you're gonna have to wait for food to be delivered and drinks, and you got to stay in your room. It's just a giant floating hotel with nothing to do. That would stink. Never mind. I know what's worse. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. 
So yes, technically I am still positive for COVID-19 according to my at-home test. Two days in a row, positive, just incredible. I, I don't understand it. I feel fine. Today technically is day 10 from testing day. Right, I started getting sick on Friday the 7th and Friday night, actually, that night. And so I tested the following day, Saturday the 8th and was positive and I was really sick. And then on the 10th and 11th, Monday and Tuesday, last Monday and Tuesday, I felt, you know, better, but my voice was shot. Anytime I started talking for longer than, you know, three minutes, it was just gone. Especially when you, you get animated, like when I'm talking to you now. I mean, if I was, if you just call me on the phone, I'd be like, hey, how you doing? I'm fine. Everything okay? Everything, are you doing okay? Yeah, I feel a lot better. I'm just trying not to get my voice up because when my voice, and then it goes away. But it's been fine since then. So that's, and again, you know, I was doing chewing the fat uh, starting last Wednesday. And I was back. I was back. And this time he was pissed. And so I expected to be on Pat Unleashed this morning in person uh, in studio. I was on in person just at home. And uh, so I tested myself on Saturday positive. COVID-19. I was so pissed. So then I waited. I went outside yesterday. I walked around. I, I mean, I had fresh air breathing in and out of my lungs and nose. And I didn't, I didn't hose it down. I didn't hose any of the nostrils down, nothing. And then I took the test and it still says I'm positive. It's unbelievable to me. I mean, I feel fine. I really do. And it's just, I can't believe it. I mean, at some point, you've got to lie <laughs> and say, you know what? I, yeah, I'm, I'm negative. I got to get back into life. I don't know when that point is, but it has to be. Right? We've had reports of people testing positive for multiple weeks in a row. Holy cow. That would just be agonizing. And I know the COVID tests, the home COVID tests are tough to come by. I got lucky. Uh, you know, that first Saturday I happened, I just called the pharmacy and she said, yeah, we just got some in. You can come and get one. And so, cause they only, you know, you can't go in and buy 10 and they only get 10 in. And then on uh, this following Saturday, I went into Walmart and asked and the lady said, yeah, we just got some in. So, you know, I got another one. And so, you know, I mean, here we are and still negative i mean still positive so waiting on the negative and so i see where the government thankfully the government is here to save us they're going to give away four households can order four free at home covid19 tests now they have a website set up covidtests.gov that starts on the 19th of january so today if you're listening live is the 17th of January 2022. So the 19th, uh, Wednesday, you'll be able to order four free at-home COVID-19 tests from covidtests.gov. They're expected to ship within seven to 12 days of ordering. Oh, 
Okay, well, I mean, hopefully, I guess they've got them then. I guess they've got the test. Good. I'm glad to hear that. So apparently they said they already have four more than 400, not just, but more than 420 million tests. And they're looking to procure a billion free tests for Americans. Oh, okay. All right. And with, uh, they've got the postal service up and running and they've left some of the holiday workers still employed to take care of this. They're going to launch a phone line as well for people who do not have access to the web or other tests. So, okay. They're, they're giving them away. I'm going to go find uh, the problem that I had was that one of the issues that I had is the places that were giving out free tests didn't have the 15 minute test. They didn't have the quick test. So you're, they they could test you and get back to you in three to five days, maybe, um, or, but they didn't have the quick test. So what's the point? I mean, I want to know if I'm, if I, if I, if they tested me yesterday, if mine says I'm positive, right? If I believe that I'm not getting a false positive, which I'm not sure what the odds are of a false positive, but whatever it is, I may have it. But if I'm getting a positive, all right, so if I go and have them test me, yeah, let me know whenever you find out, you know, you take your time and they let me know five days from now that I was positive five days ago. What I don't know that that does me any good, but anyway, that's where we're at. I'll quit my whining. And thank you everyone for all your well wishes, either on email or with at the chewing the fat at the blaze.com, uh, Twitter at Jeffy JFR, Facebook, Jeff Fisher radio, Instagram, Jeff Fisher radio and getter at Jeffy JFR. Thank you all very much for your well wishes and your thoughts and your prayers. It means a lot. And I, and I really appreciate it very much. So again, thank you. And I'll quit my whining. Okay, did you see where uh, Lori Laughlin was robbed, her and hubby? I mean, I know they broke into their both their homes, you know, if they were up there, but who cares about him, Massimo? Yeah, whatever. But uh, apparently her jewelry box was, and according to allegedly stolen. Yeah, I mean, we know it was stolen. It doesn't say how big the box was. I'm surprised the box wasn't an actual safe. And I love that at the time of the reporting, uh, police say they're unsure whether or not the high-profile couple were specifically targeted or if they were victims of a random burglary. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder what it could be. Uh, Was it a victim of a random burglary or were they picked specifically? I don't know. She had over a million dollars worth of jewelry. What do you think the bet is? They were probably targeted. And what am I doing, by the way? How am I talking about Lori? (laughs) Part of Operation Varsity Blues. And I don't have my canon theme. I mean, I can barely get through this story without Lori Laughlin and Massimo robbed in California. Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. Tonight's episode, Jewelry Lost. Yeah, so they believe. Now, it was all caught on film. 
which is incredible, right? Surveillance cameras captured the burglars smashing a bedroom window at the home dressed in black with their faces covered in masks. The intruders made off with a box of Laughlin's, you know, jewelry and the robbery was discovered by a housekeeper. Uh huh. Lori and Mosimo were not home at the time of the heist. They believed the theft was executed by a gang of South American criminals who hit locations around the U.S., then escaped the country ahead of authorities. <laughs> I mean, that's a TV show in and of itself. And it doesn't say whether this was the Montecito home. I thought they had a place in Montecito. That's where they all live, right? I mean, they all live up there, the Harry and Megan and Rob Lowe and Oprah and the whole kitten caboodle of them. The houses of the hoity-toity, that's where they all live. So if they're getting robbed up in Montecito, no wonder Harry and Megan want to move. I mean, I don't know. They We know that they own, well, they sold the place in Bel Air, the dump that they had in Bel Air for $18.75 million that uh, they originally listed for, remember they tried to sell it for like $30 million and nobody would buy it? So you just take it, please. The 12,000 square foot property, six bedrooms, nine bathrooms, chef's kitchen, two living rooms, outdoor courtyard, swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't be expected to live in something like that. That was in Bel Air. That's a dump. But if this happened in Montecito, and I don't know that it did, because uh, there was, I, I tried to find out which house it was, and it doesn't, never, I did, never did see which house it was. But uh, incredible. If that, if the Montecito place is getting robbed, man, we need to up security desperately, man. But uh, I love the fact that uh, this was actually you know, done by the professional thieves. Wow. And of course that they were targeted because of them. She's got over a million dollars in jewelry. They show up in masks and black suits so they can't be recognized. And we wonder if it was handpicked or just a random burglary. Please stop it. I am. Uh... Operation Varsity Blues. Kevin, tonight's episode, Lori loses it. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. All right, so it was Super Wild Card Weekend in <laughs> the NFL this weekend. If you didn't watch any NFL, what were you doing with your life? Oh, my gosh. I mean, Saturday we had the Bengals and the Raiders and the Bills and the Patriots. Both uh, the Bengals won, looked good against the Raiders, although they didn't destroy them like uh, they had probably hoped to. The Bills destroyed the New England Patriots. They looked good. Uh, the Buccaneers looked pretty darn good against Philadelphia, which isn't saying much. Really glad that the 49ers, who beat Dallas, what a game that was, too, uh, have to go to Green Bay. Uh, I don't think uh, I don't think Tampa wants any of that San Francisco 49er team right now. 
the winners of the Rams-Cardinals game tonight plays Tampa next week in Tampa. So, you know, that's the Rams or the Cardinals. And both of those teams are really good. I mean, these teams are real. No question. All of these teams are really good from uh, from now on. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh and uh, the Eagles were probably the two, you know, lowest seeds that really felt like maybe they didn't really belong there. But they, you know, they held their own. I know the Steelers got their butt kicked from the Chiefs last night and have a, you know, Ben's last game in Kansas City instead of in Pittsburgh because of the Raiders' overtime win last week against uh, uh, San Diego, which was, you know, debatable that they should have both tied and left Pittsburgh out. Whatever. That Cowboys game yesterday, awesome. I I mean, it wasn't awesome. I'm a Cowboys fan. I was hoping that they would win. But it was a fun game to watch, and it was a fun game to watch how teams, even when they're supposed to be really good, screw things up. And they think they can do things they can't. It's just amazing. And Dallas, you know, the fans started throwing stuff at the refs and the <laughs> and I hear the radio announcer, stay classy, Dallas. Stay classy. Uh-huh. All right. You stay classy too, bro. It's fine. I know Dak, when questions Dak Prescott, the quarterback, I know in the post-game interview, he was all okay with, oh, hey, don't be throwing stuff at the players and people on the field. And then uh, he gets told, well, they were throwing stuff at the uh, umpires and the referees too. Oh, well. Well. Good for them, then. <laughs> uh, it wasn't the refs that lost the game for you, bruh. Uh, they may have been a penalty or two in there in the thousand penalties you got called against your team that possibly could have not been called. But uh, you guys deserve. I mean, you don't get 85 penalties in a game and expect to lose. I mean, expect to win. And really, I don't even know how many penalties they had. They had, like, at least 14 in real life, at least 14 penalties. You can't be expected to win an NFL game with 14 penalties against you. Whew, hello. No, no, thank you. And I still watched Afterlife this weekend with Ricker Gervais. It dropped on Netflix. Another great season. This was season three, the final one. Uh, again, those six episodes, they're like, they're short episodes too. It goes by so fast and it was it was so enjoyable and you've grown in the last two seasons. You've grown to really love the characters that are there. They introduced a new character, a couple of new characters. Uh, one in particular that uh, had a lot of screen time that was, that was funny. And uh, then the one character, the one hooker who played a big part in the show and we got talked about a lot but wasn't even in it, the hooker. Uh, Roxy. So I don't know what was up with that. I haven't read anything about it. I'm hoping. <laughs> I hope she's still alive. Uh, I want her to be still alive. If something happened to her that I'm unaware of, I apologize. And then I see where Netflix is raising their prices again. Are you kidding me? Ozark. Uh, speaking of Netflix, Ozark drops this Friday as well. I'm looking forward to that. That will be fun. It's about freaking time, man. And that's supposed to be the final season of Ozark 2, season 4. Man. And then Netflix is going to raise their price again. It raised its monthly services again. Uh, $9.99 for the standard plan. A jump from $13.99 to $15.49. And the premium plan rose from $17.99 to $19.99. 
Uh, it's getting close to, how about no to Netflix? I'll tell you that. It's getting close. Because what you've been producing as far as content, I mean, I I get it. I get it. I, you know, I think you're a staple in the streaming industry, but to, you know, 20 bucks a month for the premium plan for what you're producing and giving us, I don't know. And YouTube is raising their rights. And then we got all the other content streaming services out there wanting to nickel and dime us to between five and 10 bucks a month. Some place is going to have to, somebody's going to have to take a cut. Somebody's going to have to take a cut real soon. That's all I'm saying. I mean, maybe if they start airing the traditional camel wrestling festival in Western Turkey, maybe I stick with Netflix. I don't know. There was the big, uh, <laughs> I don't even know. This was it's like the 40th international camel wrestling festival was held this weekend in Selkuk, which is beautiful this time of year. It's part of the Aegean province. Aegean, A-E-G-E-A-N province of Izmir. And 152 camels sporting saddles and ornamental cloths and embroidery of various patterns and colors on their humps and necks. And man, whenever you start, (laughs) whenever you start sporting saddles and ornamental cloths and embroidery of various patterns and colors on your humps and necks, you know that it's party time in Turkey. So the camels are brought into this arena and they tangle with each other. Now they claim that it's okay. Uh, other personnel are nearby. They've got the ropers. They've got the guys that pull them. They they wear muzzles to prevent bite wounds. So the animal rights people are all wound up. But I, you know, what else are you going to do with a camel? <laughs> oh, so people show up. There were pictures. There's hundreds and thousands of people that show up with their tables and chairs. And they have, it's barbecue, eat and drink time. Let's go to the camel wrestling. So maybe if Netflix starts airing that, and you know there is not a chance that the woke Netflix crowd would air camel wrestling from Turkey. Maybe that's a problem. Maybe that's the problem. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So last week we talked about the big earners on TikTok, the Charlie and Dixie D'Amelio, the big uh, content creators for TikTok. They raked in, uh, well, Charlie raked in $17.5 million, and I think Dixie raked in like $10 million on TikTok. And uh, altogether, TikTok said that they paid out like 55 
$1.5 million last year uh, as for their content creators. Oh, okay. Well, that's nothing compared to what YouTube paid out. I'll tell you that. Uh, the number one earner on YouTube, Jimmy Donaldson, the uh, better known as Mr. Beast. Yeah, he earned $54 million this past year. <laughs> That's not a bad year. Okay, just letting you know. That is not a bad year when you can earn $54 million in a year. The 10 best paid YouTubers, $300 million in 2021. Incredible. Incredible. Jake Paul, second place, his first appearance in the top 10 since 2018. His brother Logan also returns after being absent uh, since 2017. I know Logan just started his drink company. With KSI, that's, you know, he's got an incredible business deal there. Uh, the uh, Logan KSI Prime is their drink that they uh, are putting on the market now. It's on the market in California, I believe, and soon to be everywhere around the country. Anyway, that he's all the way down to number nine. Logan Paul at 18 million <laughs> from YouTube said he's ninth. Number 10, uh, let's just, we'll just give you the, the top 10. You have Preston Arsman, who uh, video, has videos around Minecraft, although he runs several channels on the website. He, uh, a regular on this list, earned an estimated $16 million, down a little from the year before where he placed sixth. Then Logan Paul, then Dude Perfect, comedy pranksters, uh, Number three on the list last year. They are number eight this year, only $20 million. Uh, Ryan Kaji, the world's most famous toy reviewer, you remember him, has dropped from the top three to number seven. So his blend of toy reviews, educational videos, and family vlogs helped him earn $27 million this year. Nastya, the seven-year-old Russian, has nearly 90 million subscribers on YouTube. She started as a toy unboxer, and now her vlogs and music videos are growing in popularity. Her earnings have risen to $28 million this year. Unspeakable, we mentioned uh, his Minecraft playing, uh, uploading for YouTube. He made $28.5 million. Number four, Rhett and Link. They've been on the list for quite some time, and they are the host of Geek Chat Show. Good Mythical Morning earned $30 million. Mark Plyer, Marky Plyer, uh, he is a regular gaming creator, uses business to make a successful brand of merchandise. $38 million. And then Jake Paul, number two at $45 million, and Mr. Beast. And the number one slot on YouTube. Wow. Incredible, man. Um, he created elements uh, of the Netflix Squid Game on his channel. Played hide-and-seek in an 80,000-seater stadium. Was buried underground. 10 billion views 
along uh, with the Mr. Beast Burger franchise, meant that he doubled his income in 2021. So Mr. Beast is number one YouTube earner in 2021. $54 million. Again, I want to reiterate, that's not a bad year. That's not a bad year uh, of work for $54 million. You know, I mentioned the Logan Paul KSI Prime Hydration Drink that uh, they just launched and are looking to, you know, put on the market uh, all over the country, presumably all over the world. I see where Monster Beverage is buying Canarchy Craft Brewery Collective. Uh, Oscar Blues Cigar City for $330 million to expand into beer and hard seltzer. So, I mean, it couldn't be far off that Logan and KSI look into Monster Beverage saying, hey, hello, or Coca-Cola or Pepsi. Just, uh, you know, bring it to the table. Hello, here we are, Prime Hydration. Here we are, buy us out. Let us just be the faces for you for... Three, four, five hundred million dollars. Huge. Don't forget today, for those of you listening live, the 17th of January, 2022, would have been the day that Betty White turned 100. So, uh, I know, I know, it's not, you know, who died today? She didn't die today. Uh, she didn't even die close to today. I see where country music, who died today? Uh, Ralph Emery, the iconic country music broadcaster, died at 88. John Lynn, the songwriter for Madonna and Earth, Wind and Fire, dies at 73 years of age. But one of the things that I caught that was interesting to me over the weekend, I saw where someone was wishing Larry Storch happy birthday. And I thought, Larry Storch, that guy is still alive? Yes, he is. He's 99 years old. Larry Storch. So, I mean, he definitely did not die today. Larry Storch, you remember? (laughs) He's an iconic American actor and comedian and did all kinds of voice roles and silly comedic roles. I mean, the guy's been in a lot. And if you don't know who Larry Storch is, my gosh, what kind of life have you been living? So look it up. All right. If you don't know who Larry Storch is, look it up. But the good news is he's not dead. And good news for Larry and good news for his family, I guess, is that he's still alive at the age of 99. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, it does seem like our world is becoming increasingly more dangerous. 
You can quote me on that. I know we had the big hostage situation here in DFW, Colleyville, to be exact. And uh, everyone got out alive except for the hostage taker. And uh, he was shot and killed. The people got out alive. According to the rabbi, they were alive today because of education that they got. And uh, because of uh, uh, they participated in security courses from the Colleyville Police Department, the FBI, and the Anti-Defamation League, and Secure Community Network. And he said that they're alive today, he said this obviously yesterday, because of that education. I encourage all Jewish congregations, religious groups, schools, and others to participate in active shooter and security courses. Okay. I mean, that's awesome. And it's a shame that this guy... Uh, was shot and killed, but he was demanding the freedom of a terrorist who's in prison here in DFW. And I guess, you know, it's an act of terror. Then we are waiting. There's more uh, fallout for from other people around the globe dealing with this guy. I mean, the guy had a record. I don't know how he got into the country. He traveled. Of course, I mean, you can buy weapons on the street if you have the money and find, you know, the people on the street, which apparently he was, you know, homeless or at least portraying to be homeless on the streets of DFW. So that's where he got the weapons. They were searching for uh, bombs on the property. He said that he had planted them, but apparently he had not. And there was a live stream that was cut because the synagogue was, you know, streaming live their services which later was cut in the afternoon. So we'll see more to come from this story, this hostage, but it does seem that we are, you know, living in increasingly dangerous times, which makes me think, I read the story about where FedEx is going to seek permission to mount a laser weapon on the exterior of their cargo planes as a counter measure against heat-seeking missiles. And, you know, you think to yourself, well, you know, does FedEx really need, you know, weapons on their planes? Well, I don't know. You know, if you have to ask that question, maybe they do. And it's not necessarily a preemptive weapon, more of a, uh, you know, a defense mechanism, right? It's a countermeasure against heat-seeking missiles. So it seems like it would be the prudent thing for FedEx to do. Now, according to this, the uh, document titled FedEx Express Airbus Model A321-200 Airplanes Installation of an Infrared Laser Countermeasure System is set to be released by the FAA this week. Explains how the logistics company wants to install a laser weapon on at least one Airbus freighter that would be used to direct laser energy toward heat-seeking missiles as a countermeasure. Okay. I mean, I know in recent years we've had civilian aircraft fired upon by manned defense systems. Uh, We had the Ukraine International Airlines Flight 752 shot down by a military-grade surface-to-air missile in Iran. Um, it seems that it would be the prudent thing to do for some of these airlines to at least be able to defend themselves if something were to attack them. So yes, good time, to- good times 
good times in the in the world. And I don't know what we're doing with ships. I mean, I saw the story where more ships went through the Suez Canal in 2021 than ever before. Remember, we had the uh, Ever Given blocking it up, and we had ships backed up from here to Doomsday. Is that a place? Yes, that's definitely a place these days, Doomsday. And it, uh, you know, was blocked the Suez Canal. So uh, we've got that thing cleared away, and we've moved more ships through the Suez Canal than ever before. Generated $6.3 billion in fees. <laughs> 20,694 ships passed through the Suez Canal in 2021. I would say good. Uh, thank you for bringing goods uh, to wherever you're going to be delivered to, either in the U.S. or in Europe. That's great. Um, I, I It's wonderful. And they're getting ready to, well, I think the project is already ongoing to widen and deepen the Suez Canal. That's, uh, you know, that'll be completed in a couple of years, which will increase the flow of vessels through the canal, which is good. But what are they doing to protect themselves? I don't know. Do Are there ships other than, I mean, you run a ship aground. That's pretty basic, duh, captainhood on the shipping world. But if you're looking, I mean, pirates have been taking over ships forever. We talked about it a lot during the Ever Given uh, debacle about how pirates are taking over ships. And we, they've got to be able to protect themselves, right? We, we want them to be able to protect their product, but we don't want them to be, you know, proactive in protecting their products. But I guess maybe in today's world, I don't know that it really matters. Does it? Did I mention that it's dangerous times? Because I see where police in Sweden have deployed patrols and helicopters to the Forsmark nuclear plant to hunt for a large drone seen flying over the site late on Friday, and they were unable to catch it. Oh, okay. No problem. I mean, look, I know that uh, we've just got uh, you know issues in the uh, Baltic Sea Island of Gotland, and there's tensions between NATO and Russia. So there's that going on. I mean, the new plants have got to be secured anyway, right? It's weird that they weren't able to catch it. I'm not sure what their security is. I know here in the U.S., they have private security companies patrolling the new plants, and they catch people quite often uh, trying to map it out, trying to go through security, figure it out. This isn't reported, right? I mean, they shut it down. But if we've got drones flying over these plants now, uh, that's an issue. So again, I repeat, the security of the world is uh, becoming increasingly a more dangerous place. And then you ask yourself, well, is it? Is it? You know the answer. And with all that going on, we still have real life issues going on. I see where the president of the University of Michigan, hail to the victors, is out. He's been removed as the president of the University of Michigan for inappropriate relationship with a university employee. Huh. So the removal was effective immediately. The University of Michigan Board of Regents said that uh, members learned on December 8th about the relationship from an anonymous complaint. So an anonymous complaint was pissed 
that Mark Schlissel, the president of the University of Michigan, was having an affair with a subordinate. No, no saying whether the subordinate, uh, well, let's see, the employee wrote July 1st exchange that her heart hurts. So we know it's a female. I was thinking that it, we don't know if it was a female or a male, but we do. And there was email exchanges between the two. Uh, my heart hurts. I know mine too. This is my fault. Uh, I'm pay- So it was just a love affair at work. right? And if you're the president, everybody is an underling. What's the guy supposed to do? He finds somebody that he likes and he's hot for, but he can't do anything just because she's an underling? <laughs> so he's got the gig. $927,000 a year. That's not a bad gig. Um, he was going to step down in June of 2023. Uh, that was that was a year earlier than his contract, maybe because he had enough, right? He wanted to, maybe he was moving on. Maybe he's in love with this sub- subordinate and they're going to, you know, get together. And I'd be interested to see, you know, who was the anonymous complainer. I don't know. Was it someone who was ticked that Slissel didn't want anything to do with her? Or was it someone that was ticked because the subordinate liked Slissel over them? I don't, it'd be interesting to see. Now, obviously, you know, he's not supposed to be having a relationship with a university employee. And I don't know that he's married. It didn't say anything whether he was married and this was, you know, he's a family guy and he was cheating on his family. It just specifically talks about how it was an inappropriate relationship with a university employee. Man, times are tough all over. You can't even, you can't even have an affair anymore without it costing you your job. (laughs) It'll be interesting to see what happens here now. Uh, that he's gone and they've, you know, replaced him with the lady that was, I think she was in charge before he was, uh, she has been appointed, uh, interim president and she'll be there. She's in there formally next month when they vote her in. And so, uh, yeah, six Cecil had succeeded her as president in 2014. So we'll see what happens. It'd be interesting. I want to know. I want to know. This was an in-depth chewing the fat uh, exchange. I want to know what happens to the subordinate and Schlissel now. Are they together? Is it over? What happens? What happens? So it'd be interesting. I bet the anonymous complainer could be the husband of the underling. What do you think? I mean, it's possible, right? I mean, anything's possible, right? It could be the wife of Schlissel if he's married. It could be the husband of the subordinate if she's married. It could be the subordinate's workmate who's pissed that the subordinate doesn't even get any work done, but it doesn't matter because she's up slapping with Sissel up in his office every day. <laughs> it could be many things. It's going to be fascinating to find out what this happens. And I mean, the guy lost a gig, a million, almost a million dollar a year gig. Uh, over this. So, man, it better be love, I'll tell you that. Strange. 
stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.